Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is The Price Point. We have taken a long hiatus. We appreciate you being back and listening. We're excited to be back. Uh, We're doing things a little different now. Nate is uh, obviously at his house. I am at mine. We are going to try to make this work as best we can. Obviously, we don't have the whole uh, setup in our studio that we usually do. Uh, so if it if it sounds a little different, it's uh, only because we're kind of quarantined and can't make it to our professional equipment. But um, it it does seem to uh, be working pretty well. So um, I definitely appreciate you being with us with everything going on with the virus. Uh, and then a lot of you know my brother lost his battle with cancer just a little bit over a month ago. Um, and so those of you who have reached out, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it means everything to me. And um, just a, a really brutal time. So uh, just kind of putting a new podcast episode out there at the time didn't seem fit. Um, but now this is something that we will all use to kind of heal. Um, and hopefully as this thing hits a downturn, uh, which it looks like it is in at least some areas, um, that we can get back to some normalcy. That is life and um, sports and entertainment. So uh, God knows we all need it. But um, thank you again for listening. We've got a great episode for you today. We have Gino Grasso, a friend of mine. He is the head of the Pathway Baseball Division. Uh, I won't really go into what it is because uh, we have him on the line and he will discuss uh, everything in detail with you, what it is, um, what the future looks like, how the, uh, how the virus has impacted uh, the company, the division, and baseball players all over the world, and um, just kind of touch on a few things. So um, without any further introduction, we have Gino Grasso on the line. Gino, how are you today? Thanks for being on. I'm good, Luke. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, chat, hanging in there like everyone else and pushing through. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know that all we've got, it seems, is time, and so it doesn't um, feel like a huge sacrifice, but with everything going on with you, um, having to work remotely and not knowing exactly when um, you know your your season's going to kick off, I'm sure that your your hands are full, and um, just because the the unknown could be next week, it could be a month, it could be a year, uh, we just don't know. So, talk a little bit about um, your background and and who you are, and then we'll um, you know kind of transition into pathway and what that all, what that's all about. Yeah. So, as, as most people know, I'm a, I'm a baseball lifer. It's the best way to. Put it out there um, from, you know, playing baseball for 20 plus years at the college level, played, dabbled in the minor leagues a little bit, um, founded my own semi-pro organization in 2007 in Denver, Colorado, which I ran for 10 years and then started my pitching academy uh, about in 2015, coached and developed hundreds of pitchers in Colorado and really around the country. I did a lot of video stuff with players outside of Colorado. So that's my background as far as the baseball world. And then I came over to Triple Crown almost three years ago um, to run our to, well, to build our Pathway Baseball Division, which is our 15 through 18 year division, um, college recruiting events. So that's really my background. I also have a big background in advertising and media. So when I was building some of my organizations, I had to have a real job as well. So yeah. I was working. At the Denver Post, doing advertising and marketing, so I have a big background. It's been cool to combine those uh, two careers um, into one and use my marketing back 
to, to do the baseball and, you know, use my baseball background to build relationships out there in the marketing and, you know, advertising room. Well, that's, um, I remember the day you came in and, uh, when I was, when I was at Triple Crown and, and Joe Santilli introduced us. And obviously a lot of people in the office had heard of you. Um, but like, you know, the, the, the smaller businesses, when, when somebody new comes in, you feel like, and, and this is me speaking because I came into the, the same company as a new guy uh, just a couple years before you, but um, there's a, a little bit of intimidation factor, at least for me, um, and like, okay, this is a new spot. It was like going to school for the first time, and um, but you you were different than me, I, and you know me, I'm a little bit more hesitant and um, a little bit gun shy, and uh, you kind of hit the ground running and saying, this is this is the product you brought me in for. This is what I'm going to build. And you from day one hit that hit the ground running. And that was that was cool to watch. So tell me a little bit and everybody listening a little bit how when you were brought in, how clear your vision was, your job description was and how you could use your marketing background to say uh, and follow up with with everything you said and, and kind of get going at a quick rate. respect that and and what I've always liked about at least at least the idea of pathway and you've been able to go in and kind of change that and tweak that to say this you know we're not going to sell ourselves short we're going to be um bigger than this and because I remember I remember when the idea of pathway came up years ago um and then the you know the the whole idea was was to make this product for you know guys that would play D3 D2 D3 or NAIA and and kind of stay away from the um, the D1 players, but every day I see um, people on your social media and the Pathway social media 
um, you know, going to University of Illinois or, um, you know, Texas A&M or, and it's, it's just cool to see how this idea um, that came to be geared toward guys like me who are, you know, D2, D3 guys when, um, you know, all of a sudden you're seeing guys, you know, signing at, at UC Irvine or, or whatever. And it's just, it's just cool to see. So I, I don't think I'm wrong, but I've seen, I've seen posts of guys all the time on, on pathway going D1. So talk about that little transition of how, um, you know, you've been able to do that and, and probably behind the scenes been told, you know, we, we probably aren't going to be in that, um, you know, in that realm, in that area, like, a um, you know, like a perfect game or whoever else is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our, our vision has stayed true from day one. I think when you look at players like yourself and me and a lot of people that worked in the office, you know, we all come from different baseball backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's coming from a small town and having to, you know, you're a top player in a small town, but you don't get any exposure. Um, or you're playing on a team with a, a kid who's a draft pick kid in front of you and you don't get much playing time. There's different paths for every player. And we know that 90 to 95% of these players don't go to Power 5 schools. Right. You know, those are the elite 2 to 5%. And, and when we break that down even more, you're looking at, a freshman going to a power five school and starting his freshman year is even smaller. So mm-hmm. our focus is, you know, taking those kids that are going to end up at D2s, NAIs, junior colleges, and making them feel like they're big leaguers. So yeah. it's produce, producing an event that, you know, has value just beyond showing up to play a tournament. We have our college coach seminars, we have our college workout day. Right when the kids show up on day one for workouts, there's 30 to 40 college coaches standing right there. So what we do is a little different. We really care about that mid-level player um, and the the good players. Um, And we make sure we we coordinate the type of schools that come to the events. So Mm -hmm. if we don't have D1 talent, well, we're not inviting D1 schools. But staying true to our vision, this this thing is growing organically where – Yes, we are starting to have players that are D1 kids, and that's going to happen because we're getting better teams in our events. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting organizations. I mean, for our Albuquerque event alone in June, we have 13 different states represented. So the talent that we're starting to have at our events is pretty great. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the kid that's on 95 that's a draftable kid or going to you know play at Texas Tech, those are the types of kids we don't need at our events because mm-hmm. they're already on the radar. You know, we need those kids that are still developing, that are super talented, but might be, might be missing a tour or two, and you know they just want an opportunity to play baseball. Yeah. You know? So, so with yes, yeah, so with our organization having kids sign in the D one, you know, realm, we've also had kids sign at schools that most people have never heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the cool thing is is us being able to promote these schools and, and show that the country and these teams and players and parents that there's 1400 plus colleges out there with baseball. Yeah. And there's a lot of good baseball out there outside of what we see on TV and what we see on the D1 level. Um, so it's, it's fun for us to expose that and it's fun for us to, to stay true to that. You know, we don't, we don't want the elite teams or the elite players. We want the players who need our help. And I think we've really stayed true to that. And, and with that being said, the organic growth is, just come naturally and yeah. by doing the right things and building good relationships we've been able to get get ourselves to a good place and you know we have a lot of work to do but I, I feel like 
we're in the right direction in year three here and you know looking to double in size in 2020 if everything goes as planned with the covid happening yeah yeah and you know when we aren't even that old but even you know even when we were playing in college there wasn't anything like this and so i think for these players that and you and i know um you know how how ruthless some of these parents are that's like you know, you're you're going you're gonna go play at Florida State. You're a D one player and it's this kid who can't even start on his J V team. But how cool is that to see a kid who probably has grown up to say, This is who you are, you're Florida State, you're Miami, or you're nothing, and then, you know, your your product is kind of exposed that like, okay, you're probably not that yet, but that doesn't mean you're you're not gonna be and then they fall in love with the game again and there they are playing their best baseball of their career. Yeah, I think a big thing you, you touched on is we try to make it realistic for the parents. Um, we're fully transparent on our message. And, you know, just because you can't play it at Texas Tech, well, guess what? You could probably play at Paris Junior College for two years. Right. You know, or go to New Mexico, JC, and get two years of playing because the majority of these kids with talent, they'll go to a Juco and play right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the most important thing we try to tell parents. Yes, you can go to Arkansas to say you went to Arkansas, but if you're sitting the bench for three years, what does it matter? Exactly. You know, why not go to a JUCO for two years, get better, or go to a D2 where you're going to get a good education and, and play for four years because any time you can play after high school, it's, it's an honor, mm-hmm. you know, as you know and I know. And to, to still be in the game, you know, myself, 43 years old, not playing anymore, but what I get to do and provide this platform for these kids is pretty amazing. And sometimes... I'm always just in it, so I don't get a chance to step back and see exactly what we're doing. But mm-hmm. it's when I do take those moments to look at it, um, you know, we sent out to all the coaches last week, and I think we, we've had close to 200-plus players signed um, in the last two years. That's incredible. Um, we had our all the organizations send us all their players that have been signed. And as you can see on our Pathway Baseball social media, we're posting, you know, their pictures that they've been signed and where they're going to. And I think the coolest thing is us being able to expose a Piedmont International University or Oklahoma Wesleyan or Arizona Christian or, um, you know, University of the Southwest, these schools that have really good programs. Yeah. Um, but people don't know about them. So, so for us, it's making sure that the parents understand that there's opportunities to play baseball that the parents need to stop pigeonholing their kid Correct. and making him think he's going to start at Alabama a catcher when they already have an all-American catcher there that's going to be there for two more years. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's the education um, of, of teaching a player what his journey is about, where he wants to go, what type of town he wants to be in. Is all those things come into play. You know, I always tell kids, if if you get cut from your team, are you going to be okay being in Dodge City, Kansas, not mm-hmm. playing baseball? Yeah. As to where if you get cut playing in a San Diego school, well, you're still in San Diego, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about the right fit culturally, um, personality-wise, how far from home you want to be, because I'm sure you dealt with this as well as I did, but I had teammates in college that would go home every weekend to get their laundry done. And then there was players like me who would never leave. I just stayed in the dorms, exactly. did baseball, and, and, and got my stuff done. So there's different types of scenarios for each kid, and I think that's what we like to, you know, show yeah. on the biggest stage. Is, you know, just because you're not playing a Florida State, guess what? You're going to be a stud at, 
you know, international university or Piedmont or wherever it may be that they end up. So that's the best part of what we get to do. Yeah. And, and, and one of the, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was how this really is a, you know, educational thing for parents as well. And, and for you to do that in your different events like Albuquerque that has grown um, so well over the, the last couple of years is something that the baseball division, not just pigeonholed in a certain company, but really baseball players all over the world and parents all over the world needed to hear. What's funny about this COVID-19 stuff now is that, you know, a lot of these kids can't leave home. And so God knows what they're hearing from their parents again. And so it's almost like, um, how does this thing play out? What do you think is the, um, you know, the aftershock from COVID? How are they going to get back in, into uh, game shape mentally and physically? Well, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on. And I think the biggest thing, I'll start with this because I think it's pretty profound. But with with the COVID stuff happening and, and people having to be at home and, and a lot of these simple things that we appreciated and, um, well, not appreciated, but took for granted have been taken from us. So I think right now, more than ever, it just shows how much sports is missed and how much, um, you know, how much value there is in these coaches and organizations that take these kids and develop them and travel with them. And the same thing with teachers. You see a lot of parents at home right now struggling to do their jobs from home and teach two or three kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's going to be a lot of value that goes back to teachers. and And I think out of all of this, what I hope comes out of it you know, is some positivity and people just learning to treat others with respect again and being kind. Stop treating the empires with disrespect. Stop blaming the coaches for everything and and start taking some accountability. So I think, you know, mentally, I, I think we just have to keep putting a message out there that as cliche as it sounds, like everything's happening the way it's supposed to. It's yeah. unfortunate, but, you know, I always say from disruption comes great opportunity to create new things. And I think... If you stay in that mindset and you continue to work through this, um, you know, you're going to come out. You're not going to be in game shape right away. But I think, you know, we're trying to put things in place to where we just know the kids want to come out and play. We want to create that best opportunity for them and get them back on the ball fields. The college coaches know these kids aren't going to be game ready as if they were practicing for three months with their teams and stuff like that. But you do see a lot of positive stuff coming from this. You see a lot of facilities and organizations doing online training with their players, keeping their, you know, teams engaged. So a lot of good stuff has come from this um, as far as, you know, teaching these kids that, hey, this opportunity can be taken from you at any moment. And this is one of those, you know, times. So I think the parents will come out of this and kids will come out of this and, hey, we realize that how bad this hurts when it's gone. So now let's work harder to get to that next level and whatever opportunity is, and um, you know, take that, you know, take advantage of that and work harder. Absolutely. You, know, so, you know, but I do think it's hard because, you know, I, I think I've always said we should go back to the old school ways when it comes to training and teaching and coaching. And I think what this this whole situation is teaching us right now is to get back to family, to get back to respect, to get back to taking care of each other. And mm-hmm. I think that'll translate once we come back, you know, because the, the whole landscape of sports is going to look different for a while. And, you know, we have to be there ready to pick these people up and and, and put them on the stage again to, to have them show their value. So, you know, there's a lot of negative going on, you know, I think, you know, when you look at the positive things that could come out of it, if we just weather the storm, you know, 
think we can come out in a really good place, and I think sports is going to be more important than ever. You know, myself, I'm up at midnight last night watching a rerun from the Rockies Padres from 2007, 13 years ago. Oh yeah, when they when that they won the, the play-in game. That was the so, uh, yeah the play-in the the busted chin. Um, did he really yep. touch on plate game? <laughs> Yeah, we we were there. My buddies and I were there, and I, it just it doesn't seem like it was 13 years ago. So, you know, just being able to watch these reruns, it just shows you how much we love the game and yeah. how much it means to us. And once we get back, what it's going to mean to these kids that have their parents there um, when something was almost taken from them. So, just just having that community again. Baseball is a community. It's a lifestyle. It's a it's a small world once you get into it. And I think there's a lot of people working hard together. Mm-hmm. To, to get us back to playing sports when the time is right. I agree, and you and you lead us perfectly into our next topic, which is that the Play Sports Coalition. I've seen some stuff posted by you and, and a couple other people, and, and I'll let you explain what it is. Um, so touch on Play Sports, what that means, what it looks like. Yeah, so the Play Sports, sports Coalition is it's, it's just a group of you know, organizations like Triple Crown Sports and U-Triple-S-A and Pop Warner and 400 other organizations, whether it's a, an organization that runs baseball programs or fast-pitch programs or youth sports or YMCAs, it's basically a petition that we put out there and had organizations signed um, to 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 put, come together as a, as a unit and not do it individually, but to come together as a group and make sure that when sports comes back, there's a good plan put in place from implementing, you know, new safety procedures to making sure that, you know, teams are traveling the right way and making sure we have precautions in place at the events, whether, you know, it could be instead of giving out a workout shirt, we give out a, a mask. I, I don't know how that's going to look with all these new changes, but those are things we put together, um, a triple crown and Kerry King, our CEO and, and, and Sean Hardy, our, um, COO have been working hard at putting those things together and mm-hmm. making sure that we get it out to the organization. So that basically when we come back, there's a universal set of procedures and rules. You know, I know me being in this world and you being in this world before, you know, a lot of organizations try to fight against each other and have different rules. Mm-hmm. It's confusing, and they say, well, this organization does this, but you guys don't, and vice versa. So just coming together as a group, like, it's not about the organization individually. It's about the kids and the families and the coaches and these parents that put in the money and these coaches that put in the time. So the coalition is just getting everyone together on the same page, I'm not sure if there's a funding, uh, a financial element to it yet, but it would be, you know, if there is, it would be this funding coming together to help, you know, with the safety precautions, with, mm-hmm. you know, facilities making sure they're safe. Because, you know, I've been having a lot of calls with my facilities people, and, you know, we're making sure the cities are ready yeah. for, you know, a hundred teams to come into their city and the hotels are ready. So it's just making sure that we all come together and, put these things in place so that everyone feels safe when they're traveling that um you know that everybody's on the field and feels safe that the fans feel safe and just making sure that people understand you know with the coalition that sports is a huge deal mm-hmm. you know like me growing up you know um baseball was my thing it was my escape it's the one thing i love to do and it's carried me through my whole life so without that i don't know what would have happened you know yeah. and i think 
a lot of kids are in that situation when it comes to sports. They get to go on the football field, the basketball court, or the diamond, and and just let everything go for that two to three hours mm-hmm. and, and feel important and feel great and feel special. So it's just the importance of sports. And, and you know, our CEO says a lot. It saves lives. And I believe that in certain ways that it um, prevents kids from taking the wrong direction at times and 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 doing things that you know making bad choices but i think sports really keeps kids in line and builds that team community and how to fail and how to get back up from it so i just think the coalition is just bringing everyone together when we're ready we're hitting the ground running together with all these things in place to make sure that we're all successful and doing the right things and that's awesome man i like i told you before before we jumped on the call just you know this thing is kind of um at least to public knowledge it has been a new release uh, and something that's kind of, uh, you know, just being put out there. But you make some good points about how this affects this affects everything. I mean, sports, sports really, like you said, you have you have to talk to the cities and make sure the hotels and um, restaurants and every little thing. That the typical person wouldn't think that way, um, but in, until you're in the you know the event building business, I mean, this thing this thing is really affecting. Um, you know, and, and I think sports can play a big factor in rebuilding some of the normalcy that we really need. And so, um, you know, to read some of that and then to hear you speak on, on what Play Sports Coalition is, is really cool and exciting. And I think it's just kind of refreshing to see um, even organizations that were kind of rivals come together and, and put the kids forward. Yeah, the biggest thing is just, I think parents, like we talked about earlier, parents are going to see that they have to be respectful to the coaches and the umpires and the staffs at these events because with with, this, with sports being taken away right now, and if, if their kid or the parent does something to affect other people at the event, they can mm-hmm. be pulled out of the game like that. Correct. Um, especially, I just think there's going to be less wiggle room for those behaviors and I think parents are going to calm down a little bit and start being more respectful because they want their kid out there playing and mm-hmm. I think what it brings you know I, I mean just watch a game on TV just it makes you feel good to watch a sporting event it makes you feel good to see that competition right now without it happening you know it's tough for a lot of people and I think they're really starting to appreciate what sports means and mm-hmm. just getting back to those old school ways where parents just show up and they just they just mind their own business and let their kid play you know like when I played you know nobody bothered us they didn't say anything to the coaches you know and I think these kids are ready for a change I think the umpires you know maybe maybe this whole COVID thing is I mean this is the old hippie side coming out of me but maybe it's just the universe telling us to to chill out a little bit and let's get back to the basics and treat each other with love and kindness and and not hate on each other so much and not be so negative yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I completely agree. And, um, you know, we're going to transition a little bit, not much, but um, off the top of your head, when this thing finishes and you and you say, okay, Pathways Back, this coalition thing worked, everything's lined up, what are what are five names to watch um, that are on the Pathway radar that we could, that you could say, this kid, this kid's legit, um, he's a pathway guy. He could he could be a name to watch for in you know five six years. Tell me, tell me a couple names or schools to say this team's a team to watch for. This kid's a, a player to watch for. Well, it's hard. So there's so many teams that play with us now. It's hard to name players specifically yeah. unless we're at the event. 
but I have good relationships with all the organizations and I was just out in Salt Lake a couple months ago meeting with the Salt Lake Goals and the mm-hmm. RA Baseball Academy and those two organizations you know produce some good players it's it's the organizations doing things the right way yeah. where they truly develop the kids and I'm off the top of my head I can't think of the names but RA Baseball Academy in Utah has two brothers they're six foot six pitchers um they stood out last year at the events um in albuquerque and they're coming back this year as juniors and they're going to be fun to watch they're going to be big prospects um coming out of the events um love it well i guess i'll just talk about some organizations that are starting to come to pathway yeah go for it last year we had 27 teams at that event this year we're sold out at 72 so We've got organizations like 643 from Kansas City that's coming out. Mm-hmm. We've got um, Lubbock Baseball Academy, MVP Baseball from Santa Barbara, California. We've got the Salt Lake teams. We've got Albuquerque Baseball Academy who has produced um, Alex Bragman, Blake Swihart, mm-hmm. that play big in the big leagues. We've got Slammers from Denver with five teams in. Uh, we've got... Um, advanced baseball academy so just a lot of good organizations that have players um you know there's always those players that stand out um but i would say from you know there's a couple kids that played in pathway two years ago um one's at ut arlington his name's riley boast yeah um, he's he was tearing it up at ut arlington before this thing shut down he's a sophomore right now so watch him um, a kid from our, well, it's actually two kids from our Virginia event, Connor Hyzak. It's H-U-J-S-A-K. He signed on the spot at Virginia Commonwealth. He's going to be a stud. I think he's yeah. a draftable kid. And then Frankie Hernandez Jr. is going to Monmouth. Um, so there's just, there's a bunch of kids I can name, but I just think the organizations, um, it, it's like we don't get the Canes national team. We don't get the East Coast Astros coming to our events, but we have a lot of those next level organizations that are really really talented and there's a lot of kids to watch so i think the organizations you know naming them is pretty important and then as far as colleges i mean geez i could name 50 schools that kids haven't heard about you know from oklahoma wesleyan and arizona christian they're you know top naia schools in the country that yeah. no one's really heard about but they produce draftable kids over the years you know, University of the Southwest, um, East Coast schools that come to our events, mid-majors, you know, so just, it's just all over the board, you know, I think for people to follow our social media, you'll start to see these kids that have signed and, you know, look at the schools where these kids are going because there's just so many opportunities out there and um, for these kids to go and, um, you know, to name specific players is tough, but there's, just, there's a lot of kids coming through. Yeah, there's a ton to watch for. Not not enough yeah. to, you know, there's there's not only a few guys. And so that's well said, well answered, because uh, first of all, some of these schools get a free shout out. <laughs> but those names that you mentioned, I've obviously heard of. Not a ton of people um, may have yet, but they very well could um, very soon. So um, switching gears real quick as we kind of close this down. When Major League Baseball resumes, what are some things, maybe some surprises? Some um, I know you may you may talk up your Orioles a little bit that they're not at the the sixty loss mark yet, <laughs> but yeah. tell tell uh, speak on uh, on a couple things that you're excited to watch for. Maybe a um, you know a surprise pick or um, you know who who is 
who's kind of the Cinderella team this year. Like, I think the Cincinnati Reds could be legit if they do have a season. Who's who's your dark horse to maybe make a run? Um, just talk about Major League Baseball and how excited you are for that to come back. Yeah, I mean, Major League Baseball, man, I, I think all these memories keep popping up on my social media. Like, this time two years ago, my daughters and I were at Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. uh, watching Walker Bueller make his Major League debut as a starter. Vandy guy. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and then two, and then a year ago, memory came up in Mars, we were in Oakland A's opening day, and, yep. you know, being in the baseball world, all these memories, and it, and it just makes you miss it even more, that that nostalgia of being at the ballpark, having a, you know, $15 beer at Dodger Stadium. Yep. <laughs> I don't think we're going to complain about that stuff anymore, but no. I think just when baseball comes back, I think people are just going to be excited to be together again, and I know it's going to be a process to get back to full crowds and full capacity, but... Just getting people back and being out in the sunshine and being at these immaculate stadiums and, mm-hmm. and being able to enjoy each other and watch baseball, I think, is the biggest thing. And just everything we took for granted is is going to be out the window, and we're going to really appreciate the simple things of just sitting in the sunshine watching baseball for three hours Yeah, um, to try to keep our minds off things. But um, I think another thing um, – is going to be watching some of these young players, man. I mean, there's the talent in baseball right now. The under 25 is is phenomenal. So it's never been better, in my opinion. No, it's it's funny because we were talking about back in the day, guys would go to the minors for six, seven years, and mm-hmm. now they're coming up, you know, two, three years into it. Yeah. And they're by the time they're in the bigs, they're 20, 21. Yeah. You know, they're getting to play longer. So I'm excited about. So like you, I, I think the Reds are a lot better. I think they're going to be fun to watch. And there's a big history with Cincinnati baseball. Yep. It would be cool to see that come back. Um, I think Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. I think with their starting pitching. And then one of their pitchers, Tyler Glass now, yep. I think he's 6'8". I think that kid, I mean, I, early prediction, he's a Cy Young candidate. He's just got amazing stuff. He had a great year last year pitching, you know, not a full season. But, you know, the numbers were there. Um my Orioles, I mean, a positive thing about the Orioles is, like you said, they haven't lost 60 games yet because they haven't been playing. So um, they're going to be in the gutter again. Um, I think the Twins will be back up there. Me too. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just going to be fun to see because there's a lot of a lot of teams that are, you know, just have so much young talent. Atlanta. Yeah. I think the Brave, the White Sox got loaded up during the offseason with Keiko and Nomar Mazzara and all kinds of signings over there so yeah they signed edwin Encarnacion too that's right yeah he's a 30 30 homer guy and you talked about tyler glass now and um they're they've got another guy a lefty blake snell who um just a couple years ago just was lights out and i think i think that's one of the top one two um you know starters in all of baseball so to to see to see even to, to be even talking about the rays and like being excited to watch them um, I would sit and watch a, you know, a, a pirates, a pirates game right now. From even if it went to twenty innings, and they're forty games out of first place, I just can't wait to to be able to to sit back and, like you said, have a beer and watch some baseball and um, just enjoy just enjoy it being back because it means so much to everybody. And and as we close, um, what are what is a message or two that you want to give um, and and shout out to to all the listeners. Right now is just understand everyone just wants the same thing. It's it's hard for anyone to be selfish right now and, and have a pity party just because we're all going through this. 
Um, we're all working from home. There's people losing jobs. There's a lot of negativity going on, but I think through all of it, what my message is, is I, I always say this, like I said earlier, disruption creates opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if we take this time to really just love our family and, and do what we have to do to get through this, we're going to come out in, the, in a good place. But it's just learn to treat people with love and respect and kindness, value relationships, um, take the chance to learn something new. You know, my daughter is a personal trainer and she got laid off, but we've already created a new video series for her where she's, you know, coaching and doing fitness stuff online mm-hmm. and she's doing great with all of it. So, you know, just, just look for new opportunities. Like everything in this world, like we're challenged, there's going to be failure. There's, you know, we're going to deal with this on different levels throughout our lives. So it's just making sure we have a good plan in place to get through this. Never stop working. Don't give up. Just keep pushing through and, and have hope because we will come out of it. We'll be in a good place when we come out of it. Um, the economy will recover. Um, you know, sports will come back and it'll be a new normal. But I just think everybody needs to just embrace each other and if there's people struggling reach out you know i I keep posting on my social media that if there's anyone that needs to talk you know or anyone that needs any help with anything there's there's a huge value in having a conversation with someone or just reaching out to old friends or family just to see how they're doing but just stay tough be together you know follow the rules for now and you know we'll get through this but just keep your heads up everybody's dealing with it you know, don't think that your story is bigger than someone else's or that your struggles are bigger than someone else's because you don't know what the next person is going through. If your neighbors lost their job, so treat everyone with respect, treat them as if, you know, they're going through a really tough time and, and just be there for people. So yeah, that's and, kind of where we're at. And, and just, just so the listeners know, when Gino says to reach out if you're struggling or, um, you know, that he, he'll lend a, a listening ear, um, that is incredibly true we had many talks when we worked together and then you know with my brother passing away recently um Gino was one of the first to to reach out and and he means it so if you if you need to obviously you can you can speak with me but Gino means it 100 percent. so um he he means what he says I appreciate you for uh you know being on here and um you know giving us half an hour 45 minutes and um, you didn't have to do it. And we, we definitely and sincerely thank you for, for doing that. So, um, we'd love to have you back on obviously when the, when the season, when the season, not if, uh, when it comes back and, and stuff, um, you know, gets back to normal after the season winds down and everything, we'd love to have you back on for a recap and everything. But, um, we, we definitely appreciate it, man. We'll have you back on everybody. That was Gino Grasso of Pathway Baseball. Thank you again, Gino, for your time. That was uh, incredible insight on a lot of different uh, areas and, and aspects and points of view. So thank you, thank you for your time. Hope you can get back into uh, into the normalcy of life and uh, that baseball gets back sooner rather than later. Uh, we're all excited for it, and I know you are too. So thank you for being on. As we close this episode, again, I just want to say thank you for the people that have reached out uh, and overwhelmingly uh, a lot of people um, that have listened to this podcast from day one, which... Uh, as you may not know, we actually, Nate and I have celebrated one year as a podcast, uh, just very recently, we just hit our one year mark. Uh, and I want to personally say thank you to Nate Chu, who is my friend and producer of the show, um, who has worked tirelessly kind of making this happen on his end and, uh, a good friend, a good producer. And, uh, again, just wanted to say thank you 
Tim Nate. You're my boy, dude. Um, can't wait to take you out for a beer or dinner or something uh, when we get out of this and, and celebrate and, and kind of show you my, my gratitude. But uh, thank you all for listening. Again, uh, we, we are going to be back on a um, kind of a normal routine. We have several big name guests coming up. I, I don't want to say any names. Um, we're kind of branching out into different realms of the sports and entertainment world. Uh, we have, uh, again, some good names. We always have promised that. We've always delivered. Um, and so some people you won't want to miss on some upcoming episodes. But um, thank you again to everybody reaching out. Please stay safe. Treat each other with respect. Like Gino said, if there's anything um, that this thing can teach us, it's just to be better humans. And uh, that means being nicer to your younger brother or sister or respecting the 90-year-old person across the street or um, you know, going to pick up somebody's groceries. Just do something kind for somebody today. Um, everybody... Everybody is hurting in one way or the other. And so um, if there's ever, ever a time to go out and do something kind um, and even out of your comfort zone, now is the time to do it. But uh, again, we we thank you. We have uh, some great stuff coming up and uh, we can't wait for you to be a part of it. Thank you for listening. This is The Price Point.